أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد وأن سيدنا عثمان بن عفان عفان رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من توضأ فأحسن الوضوء خرجت خطاياه حتى تخرج من تحت أظفاره رواه مسلم So hadith uh, narrated by Amir al-Mu'mineen Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan anhu, who said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said whoever, whoever uh, makes wudu فأحسن uh, الوضوء that that person perfects his wudu Literally, he made their wudu, he made that person made their wudu beautiful, um, and ihsan obviously ahsana uh, yuhsinu uh, the verb, the 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 gerund or the infinitive form the masdar of it is is ihsan, and what does ihsan mean? It means uh, in the in the context of deen, uh, one of the meanings is what and uh, that the Prophet ﷺ gave is an ta'budullah ka tarahu. Uh, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see him. And if he if you don't see him, then at least to know that he sees you. Uh, which means that a person should be meticulous with regards to with regards to making their, their wudu that they paint it on their limbs uh, um, carefully and they pay attention to what they're doing. Um, and that's something people don't do anymore, and that's why they don't feel spirituality in their wudu. Uh, uh, rather, wudu is described in the hadith of the Prophet as isbagh, uh, literally like painting, that you paint the wudu onto your limbs. Um, and so like if you're painting a wall and you miss a spot, then that becomes conspicuous. So the hadith of the Prophet that may curse be on the, the, the heels from the fire. Why? Because that's a place where people oftentimes miss and they're not careful in order to rub their heals until the water enters into the fissures and into the dry spots um, uh, and these are small examples of how a person should make ihsan with their wudu although the bare minimum wudu a person if they wash their face and they wash their arms from the fingertips to the uh, to the elbows if they uh, uh, um, if they uh, wash their uh, uh, their uh, 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 they wipe their head and they wash their feet, um, and they skip all the sunan. The wudu is legally valid. The wudu is legally valid. Legal validity, uh, except for in extenuating circumstances, is a prerequisite to exception, or is to acceptance, I should say, of a an act. So, if you're able to do something in a legally valid way, um, and you don't, this is itself a a, a, a guarantee to you. That the act is not going to be accepted, at least to the regular mechanism of acceptance. Uh, however, just because you do something in a legally valid way doesn't mean the opposite that it, it is going to be accepted. Rather, inama yataqabbalallahu min al muttaqin. Allah Taala doesn't accept from anyone except for those who fear Him. So a person should strive to do uh, uh, their wudu the, 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 the best way, the best way that they can. 
And uh, uh, so the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, whoever makes wudu, and they made their wudu beautifully. They make it properly instead of just splashing water around and wasting it. خَرَجَتْ خَطَايَاهُ حَتَّى تَخْرُجَ مِنْ تَحْتِ أَوْفَارِهِ That that person's sins. خَطَايَا uh, uh, is the jama' of what word? You're in sarf. It's not khata. The jama' of khata is akhta. Khataya is the jama' of khatiya. Khatiya, Afwana. Khatiya, Khatiya. And khata is a mistake. Khataya are are what? Are sins. And they they share the same. They share the same. They share the same root. That that person, when they make their wudu, even the sins that are hiding underneath the the, the nails, they'll, they'll come out with the water of wudu. And it's a hadith of Muslim. وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ عَنْهُ قَالَ رَأَيْتُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ تَوَضَّأَ مِثْلَ وُضُوءِ هَذَا ثُمَّ قَالَ مَنْ تَوَضَّأَ حَاكَذَا غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه وكانت صلاته ومشيه إلى المسجد نافلة رواه مسلم سيدنا عثمان بن عفان أمير المؤمنين رضي الله تعالى عنه said that I saw the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم making wudu like the wudu I'm making right now in front of you again you know this is a discussion that we we talked about at the beginning of درس last week which is the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, between them there's the issue of Mursal Khafi that oftentimes they'll relate things about the Prophet sallallahu that they heard from another Sahabi. And they may not even mention that they heard it from another, they may just may say that the Prophet sallallahu said this. Or it comes from the Prophet sallallahu that he said this or he did this. So when they say, I heard the Prophet sallallahu say, or I saw the Prophet sallallahu do, um, this is a, a, an, a this is a, a an increase in taqid and emphasis. Uh, they said, "I saw the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He made wudu just like this wudu I'm making right now." And then he said, "Whoever made wudu like this, uh, that person, all of their sins will be forgiven, and the 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 prayer itself, and their uh, having walked to the masjid, all of that will be just extra credit. It'll be nafila." Right, nafil nafil means what? It means extra. It means extra on top of uh, on top of what a person wants. Why? Because a salat has a forgiveness from sins and it has a reward with it. He said that the forgiveness you already have gotten it out of the way with your wudu, um, and the extra reward is uh, uh, is on top of that. Now these two hadiths narrated by Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiAllahu taala and who the question comes up right. There is the description of wudu in, in, in many hadith that the person, when he washes their, his hands, uh, the sins of the hands uh, fall away. And when they wash their face, the sins of the face and the eyes wash away and they, whatever, etc., etc., the feet. The question is, what about the rest of the body? And so the, 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 the commentators of hadith, they say that, that these two hadith, they show that if a person wants the entire sin to be uh, uh, cleansed from them, then they have to. Then that's the hikmah of the, of the prophetic wudu. 
that certain things like washing your hands three times before starting the you know before starting the rest of the wudu or for example uh, uh, um, saying bismillah before starting the wudu or the duas after the wudu or the wiping of the ears uh, outside and inside or doing things three times rather than doing them once or twice all of these things what do they do is that the the cumulative effect of them is that they will purge the effect of sin from a person now uh, uh, again the standard disclaimer that the fuqaha will write is what is that this is the minor sins meaning those sins in which there is no uh, specific threat or emphasis uh, threat of punishment or emphasis with regards to the evil of which in the um, in the kitab and sunnah so a major sin would be something like murder or transacting riba or lying or something like that but there are a number of acts of disobedience that are sins against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They may not be explicitly mentioned or their mention may be there, but it's not uh, given with emphasis. So this is the difference between kaba'ir and sagair. This is the usuli difference, like the technical difference between major sins and minor sins. Um, and so the, the ulama are very, uh, the fuqaha especially, are very quick to point out that whenever you see these types of uh, you know, promises that all sins are forgiven from like from Jum'ah to Jum'ah and Ramadan to Ramadan, etc., etc., for making wudu that they're minor sins. Uh, why? Because the major sins require repentance. Uh, however, I would add that, that even those major sins that a person repents for, uh, the mere mention of forgiveness um, should bolster the chances, if not clinch uh, uh, the the, the, the validity of the repentance for those things. But this is the hikmah of doing the, the, the prophetic wudu uh, rather than nitpicking from a legalistic perspective what is far than just doing that and what's a sunnah and omitting it that if a person looks descriptively at the entire wudu from beginning to end how Rasulullah did it that this is the benefit of, of, of doing the entire package. And this is something very important because oftentimes when people are children, um, they're taught a certain way, a very particular way of making wudu. And so they grew up because of their lack of education and fiqh thinking that this is the only way of making wudu. And then later on they take a, a fiqh class when they're in MSA and then, then they become very smart. And then they say, oh, you know, our backwards uh, teacher that taught us when we were kids, uh, you know, made us do all this other stuff. And I don't have to like X, Y, Z, you know. I don't have to X, Y, Z. It may come in handy, like, for example, if you're in an airplane or, you know, you know, in some sort of constrained circumstance. But what happens if you teach a kid, you don't have to do this, you don't have to do that from the get-go. Are they going to make a habit out of it? No. And the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, one of the reasons people, you know, they're going, I'm not Hanafi, I'm just Muslim, right? I'm not Maliki, I'm just Muslim, right? One of the reasons, they're like, Sahaba, what madhab did they follow? One of the reasons is they didn't used to, they didn't used to approach the Sharia like from this nitpicky point of view like a legal scholar will. Rather, the sharia was a tool to obtain the, the rida of Allah Ta'ala. And the best way of doing that is to do things according to the sunnah of the Prophet So you'll see many issues. You know, the Shafi'is will say you have to just, you know, two fingers or three fingers worth of head, you know, the head you have to wipe. And the Maliki say, no, you have to wipe the entire head. And the Hanafi say, no, you have to wipe a quarter or a third of the head, etc. You'll see these differences of opinion. But like, what, practically, what does it mean? It's the same thing, just wipe your head, it's a sunnah. Mm -hmm. Why? Because a person, Rasulullah said to Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan, said, I saw him make wudu, and then afterward he said to him, whoever makes this wudu of mine, 
that person, they'll, they're, all their sins will be forgiven. And the salat on top of it and the uh, uh, walking to and from the masjid will be what? It'll just be extra on top of, on top of all of that. Uh, uh, and so these are all awrad. These are all adhkar. And the thing is that, mashallah, uh, you know, even though the time and place we live in right now is not like that, the context we live in right now is not like that, uh, uh, now, mashallah, uh, 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 you know, the, the current in thing to do is uh, that every hadith is narrated by a liar and every book is miscompiled and every, uh, uh, you know, uh, every, uh, you know, eye of the Quran has been misinterpreted and every scholar is an abuser and every, you know, hadith is da'if and every this is this and every that is that to the point where people, mashallah, apply. You know, it's good. It's objectivity is good. Using common sense is good. I'm the biggest fan of all of that. But when your objectivity comes to a point where you scrutinize uh, everything uh, to the point where there's no longer any useful information in the world, you will go through the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and you'll go through the kitab and sunnah and the fiqh and all of these, the aqidah with a fine-tooth comb to the point where any smallest thing will cause you to throw something away. Khalas, your car also could break down on the way to work, stop driving it. You know, the money, you know, your job could, you know, the, your employer, uh, you know, might uh, collapse. So stop going to work. Your home, you know, termites might eat it, it might collapse. So don't live in it. Your, you know, all of these types of things. This is, this is, this is, uh, uh, and it masquerades around as objectivity or rationality. But really it's quite irrational and it's very subjective and it's very imbalanced. And the reason why it appeals to some, like for example, I'll give you an example, right? Um, when I when I just got married, I stayed with my in-laws for some time, and so uh, um, there was uh, there was a lamp, you know, like this lamp over here, the stand lamps, uh, on one side of the bed, and so uh, my wife's niece, uh, she said to my wife, she said, she said, uh, uh, don't 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 sleep on this side because the lamp might fall on you, and so uh, my you know my wife says. It says, well, what if my, you know, what if, what if your khalu sleeps on this side? What then? He says, don't worry, if it falls on him, we'll take him to the hospital, right? Which is funny, it's cute because it's a little kid, right? It's her, like, whatever concern for her aunt. That's fine, right? But um, what is it? You, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. The, the, the fault in the, in the logic is what? Is that it betrays that there's a double, which is, it was just, 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 she was just a kid at the time. That's fine. But the idea is that if that's the way your dean is, right, like the, you know, as if the, you know, uh, the dunya, keep it away because the lamp might fall on it. Whereas if the dean falls, the lamp falls on the dean, we'll just take it to the hospital. This, this type of like double standard itself is what? It's a sign you don't even, it's a sign that, that there's some aib or some sort of defect in the, in the, in the belief. And if the belief is not worth believing, then why believe it? Just stop wasting your time. Stop, stop wasting your time. Uh, but if you believe in it, then do yourself a favor and uh, 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 so that you can benefit from your iman in this world and the hereafter. Implement it properly. Because just faking it, it's not going to help you on the Yom Al-Qiyamah. Right. There's a, a, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the things that will happen on the day of judgment is that people will make sajda in front of Allah ta'ala. The Muslims will make sajda in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the munafiqeen will find themselves unable to do so. And because of that, they'll be, they'll be shown to the angels that who are they? And the angels will weed them out and pick them out from the, uh, from, from the gathering of people. Meaning what? You can, feel, you can fool people in this world. 
right? I just uh, I, I I wrote a uh, I wrote a paper recently, in which uh, um, I mentioned there's a hadith that's narrated in Muslim, and it's narrated by Imam Ahmad and it's narrated in the Sihah as well, that two people came all the way from Hadramaut, which is the eastern part of the modern country of Yemen, uh, um, and uh, 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 from two different from two different tribes. And uh, they disputed with one another about a piece of land. And so one of them said, the Hadrami and the Kindi, they, they argued with one another in front of the Prophet in the, in the setting of a court. So Hadrami said that this Kindi, he took my, the land that I inherited from my father by force. And the Kindi says, well, I, I own the land and I work it. And he's just making up a false claim uh, with regards to the land. And uh, Rasulullah sallallahu asked the Hadrami, do you have any proof that you own the land or that your father owned the land and he willed it to you? And he says, no, I don't have any material proof. There's no paperwork or whatever. I don't have paperwork, right? It's not like First American Title Company has like their like whatever late antiquity uh, Arabian Peninsula division that they're keeping these records. Um, and so uh, uh, he, he then, this is standard procedure. That the the that the the accuser, uh, right? The, the possession is a, is a is a sign that, that 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 the ownership is lawful. If there's a dispute with it, then the accuser has to produce proof. If the accuser cannot produce proof, then the the, the accused is 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 asked to swear an oath, uh, saying that their possession is correct. And uh, uh, then the if you know if that's what it comes down to. Then the uh, accused, if they swear the oath, then the matter is considered adjudicated. It's done. And so what happens is Rasulullah asked the Hadarami, do you have any, any proof? He said, I don't have any material proof. Then he says to the kindi, he says, come forth and swear an oath that this is your land. And uh, the Hadarami interrupts, he interjects. He says, Ya Rasulullah, this is such a man. He doesn't care. In order to eat, consume my property, he'll swear an oath on anything he has. He doesn't fear Allah Ta'ala with regards to these things. So say whatever you tell him to say and that'll be it. It'll be done. How can you judge in, 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 in his favor? And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, I'm sorry, this is the way the procedure works. And uh, the kindi comes forward to, to swear his oath. And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what did he say? He said, he said, he said that uh, uh, if one of you was to swear an oath uh, wrongfully and dhulm uh, uh, in order to unlawfully consume the, 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 the property of his brother, uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala will not even look at them on the day of judgment. Allah Ta'ala will literally turn, turn away from them on the day of judgment. And so the shurah of hadith see, see that, you know, the i'rad the over here, the meaning of the i'rad is... Uh, is what is that Allah Ta'ala will not honor that person. Allah Ta'ala will dishonor per, that person, disgrace them. And another narration, this is the first narration, is the narration of Alqamat ibn Wa'il ibn Hujar, radiallahu anhu, who was a, uh, one of the early uh, converts to Islam. Um, in the narration of Ash'ath bin Qais, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu said that Allah Ta'ala will raise that person on the Day of Judgment. Uh, 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 as a leper, you know, when they're resurrected, they'll be raised as a as a leper. Um, and uh, in another in another narration, it's mentioned that that uh, that or sorry, in the narration of Ash'ath bin Qais, that 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 land that's been misappropriated, 
all of it, not, not just the surface of it, but all of it through the seven earths will be tied around their neck, I meaning it will be a burden that they have to carry uh, on that day. Uh, that the burden of it will be will be borne by them. Um, and seven earths means what? It means the entire universe. Because sama and ar, ar, sama and ard are like relative directions. So if we're like if this sama dunya, if this universe we're in is a sphere, then the second the second uh, sama is like a concentric sphere, but it's much bigger. And so if you point in one direction, it's the heaven and the other direction is the earth. But in either direction, you'll cross seven barriers. So meaning what? That, 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 that earth that's been misappropriated, it will run through the depth of the entire creation. And that, that weight will be placed on you. Uh, and uh, uh, um, in, another, uh, in another narration, um, the Messenger of Allah said that this is the vahir. This is the, the outward evidence that I rule by. And I don't know which one of you is telling the truth and which one of you is lying. Uh, and so if one of you uses this uh, system in order to, in order to, uh, um, in order to get one over on your brother, you know, you're using the system purposely in order to what? Just, just, just misappropriate some, something from somebody else. Um, then know that what I'm giving you is not your land or wh whatever your material benefit that you're gaining out of. Rather, I'm breaking off a piece of Jahannam and handing it to you. Uh, uh, and uh, that's not something that somebody that somebody wants to take. Uh, but at any rate, uh, the point that we were talking about, I just thought about the Rasul Sallallahu giving in, in this case and it's like distracted me from from why I brought this this point up uh, in the first place but the idea is that uh, uh, at any rate, the outward and legalistic understanding yeah uh, what ended up happening in the case yeah so what ended up happening in the case in the narration of Ash'af bin Qais is that the, the, the kindi actually said that's fine I'm not gonna I, I forego my claim he gave up the land and gave it back to the Hadarami and uh, 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 Allah reward him but the the idea the idea is that the, the you know legalistic approach to everything is not everything. The wudu, all of these things, a legalistic approach is not everything. Rather, the law defines certain boundaries that we don't cross, and because uh, things that are spiritual and things that reside inside the heart, they're not always clear. You know what the boundaries are. So, in order for a person to get like an approximate idea with regards to uh, their conduct, you know the law is useful for that. But like if you're going to look at the, if you're going to even wudu, right? If you're going to look at it through that, you're really cheating yourself out of the, you know, cheating yourself out of a great benefit uh, by, by looking at things legalistically. One Sayyidina Abi Hurayta radiallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala Ida tawadda al-abdu al-muslimu awil mu'minu faghasala wajhahu kharaja min wajhihi kullu khati'atin nadara ilayha bi'aynihi ma'alma' أو مع آخر قطر الماء فإذا غسل يديه خرج كل خطيئة كان بطشتها يداه مع الماء أو مع آخر قطر, قطر الماء فإذا غسل رجليه خرجت كل خطيئة مشتها رجلاه مع الماء أو مع آخر قطر الماء 
hatta yakhruja naqiyan min adh-dhunubi rawahu muslim so uh, abu hurairah radiyallahu anhu he said that the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said when the muslim slave um, and uh, 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 there's a, 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 a doubt from the narrator whether he said Muslim slave or Mu'min slave, that the Muslim slave or the believing slave uh, um, uh, washes his face. Um, the sins of the face uh, will leave with the, with the, with the last drop of, with, with the water leaving or with the last drop of water leaving. Uh, um, including every haram thing that uh, uh, that person's two eyes uh, looked at, which, by the way, is mashallah a great blessing because the eyes look at very haram things nowadays. Um, uh, except for those few people who Allah Ta'ala has a special rahmah on. And uh, when the hands are, uh, when when a person washes their hands. Um, the sins of the hands, uh, the sins that the hands grasp, uh, 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 will leave with the with the with the leaving of water or with the leaving of the last drop of water. And when uh, a person washes their feet, um, the sins that the feet walk toward will leave with the water or with the last drop of water. Again, this is a shuck of uh, this is the doubt from the narrator. And notice that they're they're. There's not really qualitative difference in meaning between these things. But the narrators used to mention these things out of fear of being uh, guilty of lying against Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the people who will be scrupulous about these things are not going to be unscrupulous about other more major things in which the meanings uh, may change uh, or, or legal implications may be. Uh, uh, may be... Uh, uh, impacted uh, uh, with regards to hadith uh, and the person will do all of this until what they leave uh, purified uh, of sin and it's narrated by uh, it's narrated by muslim wa anhu radiyallahu ta'ala anhu anna rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam atal maqbarata fa qala assalamu alaykum dara qawmin mu'minina وَإِنَّا إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ بِكُمْ لَاحِقُونَ وَدِدْتُ أَنَّا قَدْ رَأَيْنَا إِخْوَانَنَا قَالُوا أَوَلَسْنَا إِخْوَانَكَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ قَالَ أَنْتُمْ أَصْحَابِي وَإِخْوَانُنَا الَّذِينَ لَمْ يَأْتُوا بَعْدُ قَالُوا كَيْفَ تَعْرِفُ مَنْ لَمْ يَأْتِ بَعْدُ مِنْ أُمَّتِكَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ قَالَ أَرَأَيْتَ لَوْ أَنَّ رَجُلًا لَهُ خَيْلٌ غُرٌّ مُحَجَّلَةٌ Baina Vahre Khailin Duhmin Buhmin Ayarifu Khailahu Kalu Belayar Sulahi Kalafa Innahum Yatuna Guran Muhajalina Minal Wudu'i Wa Ana Faratuhum Ilal Hawd Rawahu Muslim So, uh, 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 narrated also by Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu, it's a, uh, it's a hadith uh, narrated by a number, uh, it's narrated by a number of, uh, of different narrators, not just, 
another, a number of different uh, hadith collections, not just Muslim, that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam once visited uh, visited the graveyard. And this is a sunnah also to visit the graves of those who have deceased, uh, because it reminds a person of death, and their prayers for those people also benefit them, uh, uh, benefit the dead, the deceased, and they're also an act of piety. Uh, and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam also used to do it. And the person who visits the graves of the awam of the generality of the Muslims, that person will benefit them with their with their prayers. And the person who visits the graves of the pious also, this is a a, a good deed. And that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Assalamu alaikum, dara qawmin mu'minina." He said, "Assalamu alaikum, o abode of uh, 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 the believing people." He says, uh, "Inshallah, we'll catch up with you." Meaning what? That we the living will also enter our graves one day soon. Um, he, he, and then he mentioned a a, a, a a feeling that he had that he said, I, I would have loved to have been able to see our brothers. Meaning what? Uh, 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 to see our brothers. And him saying that meant what? That just like... Just like the he showed his salam and his connection with those who had passed, he's now saying, "I wish I, that I I could have seen uh, that we could have seen our brothers." Meaning, what those people who haven't come yet, and so uh, uh, um, the Sahaba radiAllahu anhum who were with him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, they said, "Awalasna ikhwanaka, ya Rasulullah, are we not your are you, are we not your brothers?" And he said, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "You are my companions." Meaning what? Not only are you my brothers, you're my companions as well. Meaning that the, you're 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 like the the the, the elect and select from uh, amongst those who carry the the, the brother, brotherhood of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Rather, uh, he says that uh, uh, the the brothers I speak of are those who have uh, not yet come. And so they asked him sallallahu alaihi wasallam, so how will you know? How will you recognize uh, those who haven't come from your ummah? Yet, Ya Rasulullah, on the Day of Judgment, how will you know that these people are part of your Ummah versus, versus others? Um, and uh, uh, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said that, have you not seen uh, 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 that uh, if a person has a, 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 a horse which is uh, uh, white in color, and, uh, and 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 clean, shining in its in its in its in its cleanliness, meaning it's been cleaned and washed and scrubbed uh, to the point where it's bright. That if it's a, a, amongst even a herd of black horses, will the person not know his horse? And the uh, um, the analogy of a horse is interesting because the the khail is the. It was the most beloved and prized of the property of the Arabs. It's the most beloved and prized of the property of the Arabs. He, he, uh, they said, radiallahu uh, anhum, they said, indeed, a, a person would be able to, it's very easy that they could be able to um, recognize their, 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 their white and shining and clean horse uh, amongst the, uh, amongst the herd of black horses. Um, he said, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam." Indeed, they will come, bright and shining and and clean uh, and clean, polished, uh, from wudu, from the effect of wudu, uh, and I will be there waiting for them at the at the hell that my drinking place, uh, uh, Yom al-Qiyamah. 
and it's a hadith narrated by Muslim, meaning that he'll see he'll see the effects of the wudu and it will distinguish them from other people, and so this is a message for uh, our brothers and sisters who are at work or in school and they're like embarrassed to like you know like get caught making wudu in front of other people. Why? Because it makes them look different. One day your wudu will make you look different, and that's gonna be a good thing. There's not going to be anything bad about it. In fact, people will be proud of that. It will be a source of happiness for them uh, on that day. So uh, uh, this is this is this is a reason why they should not worry so much about weird looks and things like that. I I don't know. I have this like weird thing about me um, that uh, I just attract like weird people's like need to cause problems. Uh, and I, I, I assure you, although although at select times it's also something from my side, mostly it's not. Mostly it's not intentional. So uh, I think, were you still in MSA back then? Uh, there was an MSA UIC called me uh, to give a talk. So I had my jubban and I had my turban on and my, my, my chabas. I made wudu in the, in the like whatever student union building. And cop was like, you know, after I'm done, when I walked out, he's like, he's like, you washing your feet in the sink? I'm like, yeah. And uh, he's like, you can't do that here. And you know, you know, why are you on campus? And I this and that. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, look, uh, it's First Amendment freedom of religion. I didn't break anything. I didn't cause a mess or anything. I can make wudu. I go unless your uncle owns this campus. I suggest you stop bothering me. And uh, and they're like, well, we could arrest you. You have no right to be on this campus. I go, I'm invited from a student group. I don't, I don't, you know, the thing is one thing, you shouldn't be unnecessarily rude to people, but at the same time, uh, I'm not, I'm not one to take this from people that they, they look at you and think you're a foreigner and be like, well, you know, this is not your country, like type of attitude. Um, the only people who comply with stuff like that are people who are actually not from here. So I think in the long run, it's actually not a very useful attitude to have, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the guy threatened to arrest me. And so I said, I looked at him and you know, these guys probably thought I don't know English when they, before like this this thing happened and uh i'm like i'm like go ahead arrest me get your cuffs out and arrest me right now i know about seven lawyers who would like fight fight with each other for the honor of suing you so let's see where this goes make my day and so the guy was actually like reaching for his cuffs his partner pulled him back he's like okay sir we don't want any trouble and everything you just leave now and uh uh and why because he realized that yeah that's what what, what's gonna nothing happened right nothing happened uh, uh, and this, this has happened a couple of times, like it happened in the airport, you know, there was a, a gentleman who was, you know, cleaning. And the thing is, we also, we have to make things easy for other people as well. You can't just make woo and like spill like five gallons of water all over the place and, you know, like splash the guy next to you and things, you know, clean, clean up after yourself, clean up if there's water on the floor, try to use like one of the benefits of like using as little water as possible is that there's as little splashing as you know you know as necessary and it's easier to clean up etc etc but like you know despite that you know so you can't op- you can't wash your you can't wash your feet in the sink i'm like yeah your uncle owns the airport he's like no this is it's just people wash their face in the sink i go dude people wash their hands after wiping themselves after you know defecation uh, uh, tell me, uh, you know, tell me, uh, my foot is my foot cleaner or is, uh, is, you know, is that, that cleaner, you know? And he's like, no, sir, you can't do it. I go, look, uh, I have a flight to catch. You're welcome to call the cops. If you want, 
you're welcome to call the cops on me if I did anything wrong. Otherwise, I have a flight to catch. But, you know, don't think that, don't think that, you know, uh, uh, that people are going to, like, you know, think of you as a hero just because you, uh, you know, you call the cops on a brown guy. And, no, it's not about that, and this and that and other things. Okay, whatever, then just, like, get up and move on. Mashallah, it's not, it's not harming anybody. Bill O'Reilly and these types of people, they make, like, a really big deal out of, like, these types of things. It doesn't harm anybody. If you do it properly, if you do it correctly, it doesn't harm anybody. And, uh, 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 you know, out, out of years, years of making wudu in public places, I only count maybe two or three times uh, that, that, that anyone's ever made any, even said anything about it. And out of them, it never caused any sort of difficulty whatsoever. Uh, so a person shouldn't be too afraid about that because we live in a time where somehow people think that you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, you should, you know, don't make wudu in public. Why? Because, you know, dawah. That's, you know, I, that, that type of logic doesn't make any sense to me. Like, people are going to hate Islam if they actually find out what Islam really is, which is what, it's like making wudu. So, I, I, I don't, I, with all due respect to people, and I, I get that maybe people have good intentions, but I, I, I find the line of reasoning to be somewhat faulty. And, uh, uh, you know, the idea is, look, there are a lot of people who are going to see what Islam is, and they're, they're not going to like it. How are you going to make such good da'wah that the Prophet some, you know, uh, Abu Jahl and uh, Abu Lahab didn't accept Islam at his hands, but you're going, to, you're going to be so good that, like, everyone's going to love Islam when you do it, when you have used, quote-unquote, hikmah and da'wah the whole time. Hikmah is a thing, right? But hikmah, and, uh, hikmah doesn't mean that, like, you literally, like, make da'wah to Islam by, like, obfuscating what Islam really is. That's not, that's, that's with all due respect to the people who practice that, that's a, that's a misunderstanding. So, yeah, just like you're known for your wudu in this world, you'll be known for your wudu in the hereafter. And that's how the Messenger of Allah will, will know to ex- expect you, and he'll see you, and he'll receive you at the Hawd. And for those uh, who uh, require a little reminder of what the Hawd is, the Hawd is the watering place of the Prophet wasallam. And it is extremely large and has pictures around it, numerous like the stars. And uh, whoever comes to it uh, from this ummah will be allowed to drink from it. And its drink is wider than milk and sweeter than honey. Whoever drinks from it will never thirst ever again. If that's true, then is, are they going to go to Jahannam? No, meaning it will inoculate that person from the terrors of the, 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 the Day of Judgment. Uh, and it will it will be a sign that that person will make it on that day and not enter into the into the hellfire and the angels will drive away certain people from this ummah uh, that are not worthy to drink from it. Uh, may Allah Taala not make us from amongst them. Wa anhu radiyallahu taala anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam qala ala adulukum ala ma yamhu Allahu bihi alkhataya wa yarfa'u bihi darajat. قالوا بلى يا رسول الله قال إسباغ الوضوء على المكاره وكثرة الخطى إلى المساجد وانتظار الصلاة بعد الصلاة فذلكم الرباط رواه مسلم It's a really beautiful hadith MashaAllah all of you guys uh, will one day uh, uh, you know open your own social media accounts with pictures of yourself standing behind a lectern with a mic in your face and be the big next uh, you know YouTube star uh, preacher and speaker and you'll have a, a little thing in your profile saying uh, for speaking inquiries you know it's info at me.com or .org or .edu or whatever 
and uh, uh, you know you'll have your standard speaking agreement uh, laid out with your preferred honorarium and uh, you know the demand for a bowl of M&Ms with the color that you don't like already removed, uh, uh, etc. So for when that that dream comes true, you know this is a this is a good hadith. You know if you're gonna do it anyway, uh, with all the perils and problems that have, you may as well actually have a good talk. And for all the stupid nonsense type of things that people talk about nowadays, this is something that's what this is the bread and butter of Islam. And if the, if if this topic is not good enough for you. I guess you could just leave the amateurs to talk about it. Rasulullah some talked about it. It's important. It's something that we, that we need reminding of. Uh, and there's a lot more than most people think about. That the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Shall I not inform you to uh, that, which will, uh, that which Allah will uh, uh, erase sins because of? And that which Allah Ta'ala will raise ranks because of. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum said, Indeed, O Messenger of Allah. He said, To paint the wudu on the limbs, even when it's, even even in, in times of difficulty. And so, generally the, the commentators of the hadith, they mention that like, it means like making wudu in the extreme cold. And I've done that before. MashaAllah, Madrasa, I went to Madrasa in Lahore. Lahore, the, the, the low temperature in the winter like hovers literally like a degree above freezing, which is nothing compared to negative 20, but like when you don't actually have like a heater and an insulated house, it's really cold. Uh, I remember one time in the Khanqa, I, 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 uh, somebody took my blanket and I was like, oh, I'm going to be Sufi. I'm going to be like, you know, like the, the loving, the loving, uh, 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 you know, uh, protector of God's creation and all of this other stuff. And uh, that was, mashallah, one of the one of the times keeping it real went wrong. So uh, I, I I had my 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 thin shawl and I spread it and I just went to sleep with the thin shawl. Um, you know, Thirty seven degrees is not thin shawl. I'm gonna cut it. So I I went to when I fell asleep I woke up literally at like about one thirty in the morning and convulsing uh, 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 involuntarily. And just completely freezing cold. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I think that it's probably good the body did that because, of, you know, whatever, it's better than dying and stuff. So, uh, uh, convulsing involuntarily. And, like, like, you know how they have, like, in cartoons, like, your teeth are chattering? Like, literally, that was, that was happening. So, I got up and I just started, like, walking really fast, uh, 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 you know, for a good 10, 15 minutes just to get the, uh, 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 just to get, uh, you know, some blood flowing. And uh, um, and then and then uh, uh, I, all the while not trying to wake anybody else, and so uh, mashallah, one of the mashaykh actually woke up, and he's like, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, if someone took my blanket and I tried sleeping without a blanket, and uh, and now I'm really cold, and he's just like, here, there's an extra heater in the thing, turn on the heater, and you know like. Next time, go find your blanket, you know, like, and tell people to get their own blanket. Because, you know, the Hanqa, there's a system for it. It's not like, you know, there's a system you go check in and then you'll be assigned a pillow and a blanket. And someone just didn't want to, you know, go through the system. And so they, they just jacked mine. And so uh, I, got a, I got a lesson in, like, not trying, to, not, trying to, not, not, not trying to act like more spiritual than I really am. Which brings us to another lesson, 
which is when a person reads about reads about spirituality and the exploits and the great deeds uh, and the great character of those who came before us. The person's like, that's amazing. I want to do that. <laughs> real the the real practice of 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 of, of Tazkia, uh leads a person to very quickly realize how far away that is and uh and be a little bit more humble in like their con- concept and their understanding of themselves and someone literally asked me this just the other day through social media and things like that i feel like i i feel like this is my position in life that people they, they they'll take bay'ah with other mashaykh and like you know uh, sign up for their their program and, and 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 donations and whatnot. But then when they actually have questions about their own tarbiyah, they're too afraid to ask their own sheikh because they don't they want to you know front like they're all pious in front of their own sheikh. So they'll ask me, um, and so, which is fine. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, no problem. Um, the the uh, so one of the questions I got from one of the somebody else's pious marids is uh, uh, um, so what does it mean that a person you know, a, a person like, you know, like knowledge of the knowledge of the path is in knowing yourself. Like, what does that mean? You know? And so I said, yeah, all it means is that like, if you sincerely strive to take up this path, Allah Ta'ala will show you what, what, what your strengths are and, uh, and what your weaknesses are. And then when you're armed with that knowledge, then when you try again, uh, you'll do better at it. And as long as a person keeps trying, Allah Ta'ala will show them more and more and reveal more and more about themselves and about the universe to them uh, and the only limit is that is that when you stop trying when you stop trying when you're like oh mashallah i made it i've become like good or whatever uh, or i'm comfortable with where i am that's where that door will shut for them and uh, the person who keeps striving and it's hard it's hard to keep striving uh, that's why uh, you know a person may say like oh allah purify our purify us you know and make us pure and the person who's actually gotten like you know be beaten like a carpet and hung out to dry they're like a little scared to ask a lot of purifying because you know it's not, it's not always fun <laughs> when you get to that then you know okay this person you know this person is somewhat acquainted with this process and until you know people think that oh i'm gonna make this duan wake up in the middle of the night and like you know uh, read the hajjahs and then see dreams about the angels and seven heavens and medina and all this other stuff um until then you know that this person is not they haven't really, they haven't really walked forward yet. This is the humility they impart to you. So at any rate, uh, 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 the wudu al makarih. Uh, uh, we were talking about making wudu in the cold. This is generally what what, what the ulama, uh, the first thing that they mention in terms of this, of the meaning of this, uh, 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 of this of this hadith. And you know, lo and behold, right? He says, "Isbaghu wa tamamu al makarihi." It's literally the only, uh, the only, uh, the only example that's given in, in, in this commentary that we're reading from. But uh, uh, you know, this is uh, a commentary on the Real Sahin written by Muhammad bin Alan al-Siddiqi al-Shafi'i al-Makki, rahimahullah who by all accounts is a great wali of Allah and a great alim. Uh, he's a student of Hafiz ibn Hajar. Al-Haytami, the great muhaddith after Imam Nawi of the Shafi'i Madhab and uh, the great muhaddith and he's a classmate of Mullah, Mullah Ali, or contemporary Mullah Ali Al-Qari he, uh, it's said about him that uh, that uh, he once was going to make khatam of Sahih Bukhari I was a reading of Sahih Bukhari in uh, Makkah Mukarramah and he asked this one of the students will you be there for the khatam 
he said, Sheikh, I'd love to be there, but my heart is, my heart is uh, 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 driven by the desire to visit Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So I'm going to go to Medina Munawwara. So I won't be there for your khatam. So, so go, inshallah. You know, uh, inshallah you benefit. So what happens, day of the khatam comes, the student is there. And so the Sheikh asks him, I thought you were going to Medina. I thought you, you had shok and longing to visit Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said that I saw an, at night in my dreams that I'm going to Medina and Rasulullah is coming toward Mecca. And I asked him, Ya Rasulullah, what are you doing? I'm going to visit you. Why are you going to Mecca Mukarrama? He says that I don't want to miss the khatam of Ibn Allan. So, so, you know, so, so he decided, I, in light of that dream, he decided to stick around, mashallah. So these hadiths mean something to him. If you're like Master Muhaddith, whose khatams are at least in the, in, in the world of dreams attended by the Messenger of Allah and you're actually sitting in the Haram Sharif, these hadiths mean something to you in that context. And in Lombard, they mean maybe something different. Where in Lombard, people don't have to, uh, you know, Addison Villa Park, Glendale Heights, uh, uh, Allah protect us. Uh, uh, you know, in these places, uh, don't laugh, you're from Naperville. That's even, that's just like level seven in the non-Jannah part of Akhira. Uh So the, the, the idea is what? Is that, uh, is that that meant something for them in that context? Right? In the biting cold of the winter, a person's like, yeah, what could be disliked about wudu? Okay, making wudu in the cold. Here, mashallah, there's water heaters everywhere. Insulated houses, heated houses. What is it that a person dislikes about wudu? Taking off their socks. What is it that a person dislikes about wudu? Uh, uh, you know, Jim from work seeing you. They're different things. They're different things. And so the Rasul said, I knew wudu was going to be difficult. And the one who paints the wudu on their limbs, despite that difficulty, despite the fact that a normal human being would dislike it. Right? And there's a, a conception that people have that haven't like dedicated themselves to this path. That you know they haven't consciously been like, oh, I want my life to be such that Allah be pleased with me at the end of it. And I want to travel this path to Allah Ta'ala. And this is the most important thing to me in my life. There are many Muslims that are like, yeah, la ilaha illallah and stuff. And like, you know, I'm just trying to like do my bare minimum and like, you know, uh, uh, you know, pay off my, pay my bills and, you know, go on vacation, uh, uh, you know, when it's time for vacation and all that other stuff. Mashallah, some of us, Allah is blessed with all, all, all of the above. But the idea is that even those people, there are some who've made the goal of their life to what? To take the path to Allah Ta'ala and some people who haven't. Uh, and so, uh, uh, um, the people who haven't, one of the things they think about the people who have is that they're crazy. And the fact of the matter is many people are. And the fact of the matter is that the, the burden of this path is such that it causes a lot of people to break mentally. And they literally lose it and they become these just weirdo type people. Glad tidings to the one who's a weirdo for the sake of Allah. However, however, that's not the sunnah. The sunnah is to tread the path and still keep your, keep your humanity intact. That path is what? That a person should go and risk their life and their uh, property for the sake of Allah Ta'ala so that His word can be supreme while still being human enough to like not want to lose it. While still living a life such that it's, it's worth living. Right? If your life is so cheap, then anyone will give it up. No big deal. But if your life is worth living and then you give it up, which sacrifice should have a greater reward with Allah Ta'ala? 
and, and the fitra being staying human, it's it's wonderful because it will actually uh, it will actually sharpen your intuition, your spiritual intuition. Whereas a person who's just like lost their humanity and they're just crazy now, um, there are certain there are certain things they're not going to understand about the spiritual path because that part of their humanity is dead. So there's something that that, that there's an idea that many people uh, have that uh, a person who dedicates themselves to the, this path that that person they've killed some part of their humanity in doing so because they're weirdos and they're fundos and they're wackos and they're nut jobs and blah 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 and it's not only it's not only uh, muslims who have this uh, you know this this uh, false dichotomy every every you know every religious people they 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 they, they think that way i once asked the rabbi i said what's like the salient differences between the orthodox and the reform and liberal judaism because they have separate you know synagogues he goes he, he just laughs he, he laughs he goes the quick the quick and easy way of, of knowing the differences between orthodox reform and liberal is crazy hazy and lazy <laughs> i mean like the orthodox are actually try, like believe the torah is the word of god and like trying to apply the the the, the it's sacred law they're crazy no one wants to be like them and indeed they form like nowadays just like what 10 percent or less of the Jewish public, it's actually growing, but that's just because they're the only ones having kids. It's not because, like, you know, in the realm of ideas, it's like winning people over. Or if it is, that's like just a very small part of the story at any rate, right? So then the next one is what the hazy, the people are like, oh, yeah, you know, there's something good in the old one, but like, you know, I don't know. And then then, 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 then the last one, like the, 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 the reforms are the ones where you'll find like a rabbi and she'll be like, I don't even believe in God or I don't believe the Torah is the word of God, you know. Uh, and she goes, he says, lazy, right? The point is, what is that? The, the first group of people who have this, like, everybody thinks that they're crazy, right? But I, but, but what? This hadith narrates that what? Your iman is not going to be such that one day, like, hypothermia becomes wonderful for you because your iman is, like, on level seven. That's a temporary state that may happen to certain people in certain situations. But in general, if you're really cold, you still, like, are like, wow, it's cold. And it's not comfortable. This is hadith of the Prophet uh, regarding the the waqiyat al ahzab that uh, uh, the Messenger of Allah in the biting cold of the desert wind, while Medina was under siege and everyone was hungry, he asked, "Is there some volunteer?" And guess how many people volunteered? Guess anyone? Absolutely nobody. <laughs> and that's the Sahaba radiyallahu anhu. Meaning what? It was cold. They were siege. They were all hungry. They were all tired. You know, the, you know, ten thousand like crazy, crazy like jahil, jahili people. Literally, like not just like nowadays, like oh, this dude is real jahil. No, like literally, it was actual jahiliya, right? And they're waiting to kill you. So who's like, you know, is somebody gonna want to volunteer? I mean, they all love the Prophet Anyone who thinks that they don't, obviously, doesn't understand what's going on. But at the same time, it's really cold outside. So the Prophet did like stuff for all you guys. You know, no. What he what do you say? He says he says Hudayfa Hudayfa bin Ibn al Yaman is he not here? Is he not here? And then he's like, Yeah, I'm here. He's like, Oh, good. I you know go do this thing for me. Go to the enemy camp and see what's going on. He said when the messenger of Allah sallallahu said that and told me he says, Well, I, I I left. I crossed the ditch and I went into the enemy camp and I didn't feel cold uh, uh, you know for a moment of it. He said once he called my name, I felt I didn't feel cold at at, at all. But the idea is what. They're still, they're still human beings. They, they haven't like 
become supermen. In the old days, people used to think if you make enough zikr, you become superman. Now people are like, nah, zikr is a waste of time. You just, you know, the people who act like it did superhuman feats, they just must have been crazy. I mean, they just must, must have been off their rocker. They must have been out of their minds. And it's not the case at all. So he says, Isbahul wudu'i al-makarah, it's still going to be, it's still going to be uh, difficult for you. But glad tidings, the one who does, makes, will still pr- promptly make their wudu when it's needed, uh, 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 even when it's, uh, when a, a normal person would dislike it. This is one of the things that does what? That Allah Ta'ala will use to erase sin and, and will use to raise rank. وَكَثْرَةُ الْخُطَى إِلَى الْمَسَاجِدِ And uh, 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 numerous steps uh, to and from the masajid, to and from the masjid in, in the time of, in the, in the prayer. And this is one of those things that I guess as a cultural note, there was a time that people used to go to the masjid five times a day. Uh, 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 so this is the context in which that makes sense Rather than just going for Isha Or just going for Jama'ah Or not even being able to do that uh, um, And I've said this uh, for a long time That in, in, uh, mashallah, many of many cities have These huge palatial jami' masjids What we need now is like Musallahs and small masajid You know, that 30-40 people can come to And 30-40 people come and pray at Five times a day And they should be locked uh, 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 for Jumu'ah And people should go to the big masajid This is Sunnah of the Prophet They should go to the big masajid for Jumu'ah uh, And not deprive themselves of this This benefit That they meet together and they pray وَانْتِظَارُ الصَّلَاةِ بَعْدَ الصَّلَاةِ And the third thing is The Messenger of Allah mentions Is to wait for From one prayer till the next prayer That a person prays one salat in the masjid And then they, they wait until the next salat that's when you're going to memorize Qur'an. That's when you're going to make your awrad. That's when you're going to recite your hizb. That's when you're going to recite your, 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 your uh, you know, portion of the Qur'an. Um, you know, and what's a good time after you're done with the salat of subh, uh, otherwise known as the fajr prayer, until the sun rises uh, and that you pray the salat buha afterward or from after asr until the sun sets, from after maghrib until isha. I said that for, to wait from one salat to the next salat. He goes, فَذَلِكُمُ الْرِبَاتِ And that is, uh, that is ribat, which uh, uh, interestingly enough, and we can end on this, uh, is the name of this. This means the name of this place as well. And it's for that reason. Ribat means to make firm. To make something firm. He says, and so the, the meaning of ribat is what? The meaning of ribat in the sharia is that a person should... Uh, 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 one of the meanings, I guess, in the sacred law is that, that a group of people should take up residence in a place of danger at one of the frontiers of the Muslim lands, which is under greatest threat of attack in order to obstruct, obstruct that attack from reaching the, the, the heartland. Um, and Rasulullah said um, that a day in, in Ribat, just standing guard at places like that, Right? What are ribats like traditional like Gaza, right? Gaza was a ribat and it's still a ribat to this day. Right? Imam Shafi'i was born in Gaza because that was a place where a, a colony of, of, of the family of the Prophet ﷺ, they established that place because it's a place of landfall. It's at a crossroads of the Arabian Peninsula and uh, Sham and Egypt. And so if you're going to attack any of them or if you want to ha- have an outpost of importance, that's, that's one of those places. Uh, and uh, uh, that character is still there in the people of Gaza to this day. Allah Ta'ala give them help. 
uh, and repel their <coughs> repel and scatter their their uh, enemies who are making vulm on them uh, and trying to starve them to death. So these are tough people, though they're not going to be able to dislodge them so easily. But uh, um, the idea is what is that? That's that's what that's what ribat. When people think about ribat, that's what they think about. And so the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he's saying to wait from one salat to the next is what is fadalikum ribat because that's also a person standing guard over their own hal spiritually. Because there's a couple of benefits. One of the benefits of being in the masjid is you can do all these good things. And another benefit is like, you're probably not going to have a beer in the masjid. This is a cultural note, but there was a time where you wouldn't go and flirt with the opposite gender in the masjid. Right? That you're not, you're, you're not going to, like, what's the worst? The worst people in the masjid are the ones that are going to talk about cars and they're going to talk about houses and whatever, which is all permissible stuff. And even that's worthy of like, you know, some uncle coming and yelling at you uh, and says the house of Allah Ta'ala, if you want, you know, like if you want to stay here, don't talk about that stuff. Um, so that's, that's what the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi saying that that's ribat, that if a person can't stand guard on their own heart, what's the point of them, you know, being a soldier and having a gun or a sword or something like that standing uh, outside? What is the point of their, their standing guard uh, over the outward threat if they're not able to stand guard over the inward one? And there's a false dichotomy that people make that we're going to do one or the other. Where's the sunnah to do both? And to know that to know that, that the inner is more important than the outer, but the sunnah is to do both. It's not to abandon either of them. Uh, unless there's some sort of extenuating circumstances that overwhelm a person. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa rasulahi. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.